Security Weekly News, episode 135, Billionaires in Space Again, Grayware, Kandiru Fish, iOS, China, Mosaic, all that, and Jason Wood on the Security Weekly News. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. It's the show that keeps you up to date on the latest security news twice a week. Your trusted source for accurate security information and expert analysis. It's time for Security Weekly News. With the skills gap increasing, it's more important than ever to train your staff effectively and efficiently. Offensive Security provides training for your organization designed by the same minds behind Kali Linux. Here are two recent offerings from Offsec. Offsec Academy gives you the chance to earn industry-leading OSCP certification with dedicated one-on-one mentoring. You can also try Proving Grounds Enterprise, created exclusively by Offensive Security's InfoSec experts for highly realistic simulated networks. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash offsec to learn more. All right, welcome to the news for the week of 18 July. It's already like midway through July. Summer's passing us all by. The pandemic is slowly returning. I tell you, it's like, what is the new normal? On the news, Israeli company NSO Group got caught up in an investigation by The Guardian and several other media outlets, there's a whole bunch of people involved in this, and, and they started reporting, they got some leaked information and other stuff. That they re- this was a big story, and they reported on their Pegasus software. So this is a software that I, I, I'd never heard of, and uh, I don't think anybody hardly had ever heard of it. But basically, I call this kind of software grayware. So it's like stuff that was, you know, it has sort of a legitimate purpose, but it could easily be abused. So I always call it grayware. But it's uh, it's allegedly only sold to nation states. Not that that could ever go wrong. The military, not that that could ever go wrong. And law enforcement, not that that could ever go wrong. And I'm sure they would sell it to anyone who would be willing to buy it, I guess, if you had enough money. Um, but its intended use is for it's supposed to be used only against criminals and terrorists, and that that's their official policy, and they're sticking to it. Uh, if what you do with it is up to you, so it's like you know they used to sell radar detectors, and they were to protect yourself from radar beams. From you know, yeah, it wasn't to let you speed. No way, no way, that would be illegal. Um, but anyway, the company's policies are, of course, not really enforceable since when once you sell the software to Idi Amin, it's really hard to get them to stop. Uh, and I'm going to use I'm going to use uh, people that are no longer uh, relevant because I don't want to get in trouble with anybody politically. So especially uh, evil dictators and people like that who can send hit squads after you and whatnot. So we'll just stick with Idi Amin because he's dead. Uh, but it's really hard to enforce that, in my opinion. Uh, anyway, this leak that occurred contained 50,000 phone numbers that were identified as people of interest by people that were using the software. So this got leaked. And there were kings, there were presidents, there were princes, there were uh, all kinds of journalists, there were dissidents, human rights lawyers, you name it, on this list of people. And they haven't released the entire list yet, so they're just sort of hanging on to it. But basically, uh, Pegasus is malware. And it can infect Android and iOS, despite what Apple claimed. And it seems that the primary uh, vector for infection is phishing. So, you know, they send you a link. Hey, would you like the inside scoop on Idi Amin? And, you know, you go, yes, you bet. And you click, you know, click that and then you get infected. But it also uses zero click, zero day 
in iOS that was on the to put that on the Apple phone. So maybe you don't even click anything and it gets on there. Once it's on your device, you can use the product to track the phone, meaning track the person. You can extract their info and their contacts. You can extract their messages, their text. Basically, anything that was on the phone, they were able to extract. So, uh, you know, and there's no way that ever goes wrong, right? I mean, they only sell to good countries and good law enforcement and good military. But hey, from what I can tell, they sell to anyone who's got the shekels to buy the product, which included on their, their product list Saudi Arabia, Rwanda, UAE, the Rhodesian secret police, you know, you name it, they pretty much sold to them. And they do sell to law enforcement, uh, and they probably sell to just about anybody that puts in an order if they've got enough money to pay for this product. Uh, it's only business, Michael. I can't do Abe Vigoda's voice. Uh, anyway, Amnesty International then proceeded to do forensics on a bunch of phones. So they collected 67 phones, and they found traces of this product on 37 out of the 67 phones that they examined. A French human rights lawyer's phone was one of the ones they looked at, and they found traces in the iOS where the phone had, had sent the model, the iOS build number, and other information up to a service in Amazon CloudFront, which is called CloudFront. Yeah, it's a great name. Uh, so basically, the concern is that there is grayware out there that's being used to hunt terrorists. But, it, you know, that's part of the concern, although we're all happy to hunt terrorists. But how do you define who the terrorists are? Because one person's good guy is another person's bad guy, right? I mean, that's that's how this all works. And it's just relative to who's telling the story. So the story reports that they believe Pegasus was used by Saudi and UAE to target the phones of people close to Jamal Khashoggi, who was a Washington Post journalist who was brutally murdered uh, and, and possibly by a nation state. We, we won't get into that. Uh, but NSO has vowed that they will investigate any abuse of their product. That's, that's their official line. Uh, this was right on the heels of another report about a company that Microsoft called Kandiru, or, or actually Microsoft called it Sour Gum, but it's also called Kandiru, uh, and that had developed, and this Kandiru group had developed something called Devil's Tongue, which has been used in more than 100 targeted attacks that were directed at politicians, human rights activists, journalists, and other dissidents. And of course, again, one person's dissident is another person's freedom fighter, right? Right, Oliver North? Uh, but, you know, wherever you're located in the world, uh, do you know what a Kandiru fish is? I, I, I did look that up because I was like, interesting name. And I, and I thought I knew what it was, but I wanted to look it up to make sure. But it's a fish in the Amazon uh, River, and it basically uh, can apparently, uh, uh, you know, there's mixed reports about this ever happening. It can swim up your urethra while you're peeing in the water, like you're standing in the water peeing, which I guess people do. Uh, but look it up. Don't look it up. You, know, you think Jaws is scary? I don't. I think this little wormy-looking fish covered in bristly spines swimming up people's urethras is scary. I, I really do. So I don't. you don't really want to imagine the treatment, but I'm guessing it's something you know, like you know, you've been pounding Ayahuasca all day, and you get in the river to pee, and you know, then somebody ends up, you have a Roto-Rooter man or something like that. It sounds really grim. Anywho... Uh, Devil's Tongue basically takes advantage of some Microsoft Zero Days that have been patched, but it looks a lot like the same kind of thing again. And Devil's Tongue was being priced in the millions of euros, according to Citizens Lab, which meant that it's pretty cheap if you're a nation state or you're a, ma a military organization or even some law enforcement organization. Uh, the leaked proposal that I did attach uh, some of this, 
the leaked proposal that for uh, Kandiru, uh Devil's Tongue was that it was 16 million euros for an unlimited number of attempts, but you were only allowed to concurrently monitor 10 devices. Uh, and, and of course, it had add-ons. If you read the if you read the PDF for this, and it's linked in the article, um, you know, it's just like, are you tired of people running you down, saying you torture and kill? Well, we have a solution, a solution just for you. For the low, low, low price of only sixteen million euros, you can track ten of those suckers until you can seal the deal. If you know what I mean, like you think that's cheap? Well, if you order today before five p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will throw in fifteen additional phones for only one point five million additional euros. We're practically giving this stuff away. I mean, nobody but nobody outs your dissidents like we do down at Crazy Candiros. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I need to back off the coffee maybe. Uh, anyway, I've been drinking Paul's coffee, which is, is different than regular coffee. Because I think it's mostly bourbon, but uh, anyway. Um, as long as we're on the sleaze patrol, anyway, the mayor of Surfside, Florida, which experienced this terrible collapse of a condo tower, reported that as the identities of victims were released on the evening news, identity theft uh, actors immediately began working the names, trying to steal the identities of the victims. So the minute they put them up on TV, they immediately started trying to steal their identities and applying for things and doing all kinds of stuff. So I took a fraud class a long time ago, and I do always remember this statement from one of the law enforcement officers who was who was on the scene. It was like a, a, an old video of this uh, thing. It was probably from the 70s or 80s. But uh, it was an accident of an L train in Chicago, and this uh, law enforcement officer was standing there saying, we can't get to the victims because so many people are trying to climb up the towers to get on the train so they could sue the city. Uh, so anytime you start getting all warm and fuzzy, remember, there are absolutely no depths to which people will not stoop to acquire money. So as you're trying to protect your workers and everybody else, there are no limits to where they will go. So, you know, people have been swindling old ladies out of their pensions since, you know, they were like cave old ladies or whatever you want to call that. But you might want to include something in your guidance about this because the minute there's a name put up in public, someone's going to try to take advantage of that name. So just be advised. Um, iOS apparently has a remote code execution bug that was supposed to be a minor issue that could cause denial of service. And the bug is called Wi-Fi Demon, and we've talked about it before. But according to ZecOps, well, the minor bug, and it didn't even have a CVE, it was so minor, uh, and it's been patched, could actually be used to do a remote code execution. So a long time ago, we were talking about this, and it was this string format issue. Uh, you probably remember it when you see the, you know, the string, because you start thinking C++, or not C, but you start thinking C code. You know, percent P, percent S, percent S, percent S, percent S, percent N as an SSID, and iPhones would get denial of service if they connected to that. Um, and, you know, I mean, I don't have that percent key programmed into my space bar anymore like I used to, but, uh, you know, like a double hit on the space bar puts in a percent code and you can only spot the C programmers. But basically that disabled your Wi-Fi. But Z Corp said that an R RCE exists in the Wi-Fi daemon, which is still on all the iPhones. The details are in the article, so if you want to see all the grim details uh, about how that works, it, but it has not been patched at this point. Uh, they basically advise users to disable the auto-join feature by setting auto-join hotspots to never, which you really should have already done. Uh, if you still have that turned on, though, you may want to jump in there and actually disable that, or you'll probably be sorry. The United States this week accused China of uh, China. China of, of, of using wanted hackers. And, and uh, if, you're, if you're watching the video feed, you can see their faces. 
Um, but they actually had four uh, wanted hackers that are being accused of engaging in cyber espionage. So the Biden administration in the United States claimed that hackers affiliated with the Ministry of State Security have engaged in malicious operations for, for China and for their own personal gain by exploiting zero days in Microsoft Exchange Server. Okay, um, we, we know about that. Uh, the statement went on to accuse the hackers of conducting ransomware, crypto jacking, and other crimes against organizations all around the world. And the Department of Justice unsealed indictments against these four Chinese nationals. So after Biden's statement, the Department of Justice unsealed the indictments. And, and normally those kind of indictments are kept private. And I know the Justice Department it was just there was another story today that I didn't report on about the Justice Department trying to get it so that they don't ever have to unseal these things. They can keep all this stuff secret for some reason. Um, too many secrets. But um, uh, four Chinese nationals who allegedly work for the Ministry of State Security. The indictments claim that these individuals were operating from 2011 to 2018, and they were primarily focused on stealing secrets all around the world. Uh, CISA, and I did put this in the wiki, so if you want to read the CISA alert, they released an alert yesterday detailing this as APT40, so we, we know all about them. Uh, they described their tactics, their techniques, and provided advice on spotting and mitigating actions by this group uh, on this advisory. So I did put that in the wiki for you to check that off. China fired back, uh, claiming that the statements were all fabricated and condemned the U.S. and its allies. Uh, virtual Cold War, here we go, which I don't know what I'm going to call that yet. we got to come up with a name. It can't just be Virtual Cold War. I, I think we should, you know, maybe some good names in the, in the uh, Discord or something would be great. Uh, floppy War, I don't know, Flappy, I, I, I don't know, Slappy. A slappy war. I, well, you, you think about it. But uh, anyway, in this episode, Bond is now wearing a black hoodie, and he looks a lot like Tyler from Security Weekly. Uh, it's kind of boring, though, because the whole movie takes place in somebody's basement in Bromley. But anyway, uh, Mosaic Loader is a new malware that as it's a malware as a service, and it is spread through paid search ads. It is a framework. So this was a new one that was being reported on. They were deconstructing it. Uh, it's a framework type of malware, which means you can do just about anything you want with it because it's basically shell code that has the ability to download whatever you tell it to download. It has been used to install rats, crypto miners, cookie stealers, whatever you want. You can put in there. Bitdefender produced a report on the malware and issued a white paper, which is in the article as well. Uh, primarily, its delivery is by paid ads that you click, uh, and they seem to be primarily targeting people looking for, wait for it, you thought I was going to say porn, but I'm not. It's the second most popular thing after porn, wares. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, the next thing. I mean, everybody eventually looks for wares, right? I mean, I, I remember I really, really, really wanted to, to experiment with Antares Auto Tuner, which is this music piece of music equipment, but it costs thousands of dollars. I have no intention of buying it or using it, you know, for commercial purposes, but they didn't have a demo. So I went looking for wares years ago and I never got Antares, but boy, did I have a good time with all the malware embedded in the wares I tried to download. I mean, it was like, wow, there's malware in here. I, I don't even know what language this malware is in. There was so much malware. There was malware on top of malware. Uh, anyway, just a word of advice. A, wares are probably illegal in your locale, so you probably shouldn't go looking for them. And B, don't look for wares unless you have a really solid sandbox or you'll be sorry. Yeah. When we return, Jason Wood joins us with expert commentary, so stick around. 
Cyber criminals are working overtime. They're leveraging activity around the COVID vaccine to disguise phishing attacks, hoping to steal money or personal information from your employees or customers. The Barracuda Email Threat Scanner is a free tool you can use right now to help protect your business and ultimately your reputation. The Barracuda Email Threat Scanner analyzes your Office 365 accounts and identifies malicious emails that slip past your gateway and into inboxes. Find the cybersecurity threats hiding in your Office 365 email. Use the Barracuda Email Threat Scanner for free right now at securityweekly.com forward slash barracuda. One day long ago in a job interview, he noticed one of those Newton's cradles on the desk and he proceeded to invent a successful line of distinguished gentlemen's undergarments for extra added support. D-Danglers, it's the brand that you really want to avoid those unsightly trouser bulges. You might have even worn them, but he is none other than Jason Wood. (laughs) Hey Doug, how are you? Hello. I'm kind of wound up today. <laughs> I noticed that. I, I think everybody's noticed that today. So, I have such a good time. You do. I was really enjoying it. I got to tell you. I, and you know what? I have my. If you check the show notes, I got the link to the D Danglers on my Amazon I, store. I, so. I, yeah, I knew they would be there. So, so yeah, appreciate the shout out. <laughs> Um, so, you know, instead of bug bounties, it, it turns out that the U.S. State Department has decided to offer an old-fashioned uh, bounty. Uh, and in this case, for information about uh, individuals who are attacking U.S. critical critical infrastructure. Now, how much money are we really talking about? Well, as this turns out, this is up to $10 million, which I assume they're going to, like, lowball if you have you know, well, that's not very good information. So we'll give you a thousand dollars or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I'll be honest. My first reaction when I saw this was a little bit of surprise. And then on, I realized, I don't know why I'm surprised. The world's been offering bounties or rewards to, to apprehend somebody we don't like for since time immemorable. Um, so I don't know why I, that was my reaction, but that's basically what's going on here. I thought it was kind of interesting that the U S state department is administering this. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows, maybe this is a good return on investment for the United States. They don't have to pay for the investigators chasing down every lead. They just wait for people to report stuff in and then they pick up the investigation from there. Um, so, you know, how is this working? What are they looking for? Uh, first off, uh, the U.S. State Department is interested in information about people who are sponsored, being pi- paid in some way, uh, by another government to attack U.S. Uh, critical infrastructure. I guess they don't care about many other people's critical infrastructure. Uh, I guess, understandably, they'll let Britain do their own bounty if they want. Um, so if someone has information about the clown who increased the lie levels in the water treatment plant in Florida, you you know, they attacked critical infrastructure, but it's only going to matter if that person was perhaps in the employ of the Pitcairn Islands or something like that, um, you know, or, or some other country out there, because that's, that's really kind of the key thing, attack critical infrastructure and be sponsored by uh, by some other country. Um, figuring out who this is, well, that's a little difficult. Doug was just talking about our, our um, the individuals who have been indicted by the, the United States and, you know, talking about 
them carrying out activities on behalf of China, uh, but also doing their own activities as well. And I've read those reports myself of uh, of threat actor groups that kind of switch back and forth depending on what they're doing. If they have an official tasking, we'll go take care of that. If not, we'll ransom some stuff on the side and see if we can pick up some money or, or what have you. Um, so how does this parse out? Does the State Department look at it and say, well, that operation or that intrusion really wasn't against critical infrastructure? Yeah, I know they do other things. We don't, we don't really care. Or do they just, you know, they don't. They just want anybody who has touched critical infrastructure. Um, you know how they're going to break this out. The, the the press release from the U.S. State Department doesn't say. Uh, I imagine they're going to be doing some evaluation as they go. Right. Uh, the next question I thought was like, well, what is counts as critical infrastructure? Now, Colonial Pipeline, JBS USA are obvious examples of critical infrastructure. Companies get really upset when they don't have water or food. Um, same goes with water treatment plants, electrical utilities, gas utilities, things like that. Uh, people need water, power, fuel, food, all of that stuff just to get by through a normal day. But sometimes this includes organizations that we don't think of right away as critical infrastructure. Um, for example, Walmart and Kroger are, would be considered this because, again, food is a big deal. And if somebody were to take down Kroger's ability to distribute food uh, to the chains of grocery stores that they own, this would turn into a nightmare really fast. People don't like being hungry. I mean, shoot, we had fist fights around the world over toilet paper during you know the, the lockdowns for COVID. I don't want to know what's going to happen if uh, we think you know, food supplies have actually been shut down. I, at that point, I would anticipate riots and and things like that. Um, so, you know, a, an attack against a major retailer like this could count, you know, in the, in their eyes as an attack on critical infrastructure. It may depend on the type of the attack. Sure, they sell a lot of stuff that we uh, we don't particularly need to get through the day. Like I ordered my Xbox Series X through Walmart, managed to get one, and Walmart shipped me an eyeliner pencil instead, and I had to return that and get my refund. Um, but, you know, food, again, is a big deal. Supplies around the house, medical uh, items, things like that. You know, those all fit into that critical infrastructure uh, situation. And I've heard of reports or, or analysis that the, the federal government has done to, you know, how long would it take if if food distribution was uh, interrupted before we would have riots and things. Um, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting about this is how they facilitate some of this, the, the, the tips and, and payment of, uh, for this. Uh, they have a link in the, the U S department of States uh, press release to another site called rewards for justice. Um, and I opened it up and I, kind of pause for a moment as I look at this tagline that says, uh, stop a terrorist, save lives. Uh, and that's a quote. Um, it turns out, you know, the site has been up for quite a while. It's used for tips for terrorism and, and other things that the, the department of state is, is facilitating. Uh, this has just kind of fallen underneath that, this, this, uh, this bounty. Um, so they're administering this. Uh, you know, it, it pretty much gives the same information as the press release, but they have a link or the the, the domain name, if you will, uh, to the Tor site that actually runs the tips. And I was like, okay, Tor. Well, that again 
almost surprised me, but then you realize that folks who would have information about uh, these types of operations and these individuals and stuff like that, they probably would put a premium on their uh, being anonymous and and not being outed because well that could be problematic if you were uh, let's say living in Russia and outed a state sponsored adversary group um, that you know that that could be uncomfortable. Same goes with a lot of other uh, places. Uh, shoot, even here in the United States, let's say somebody did that, you're still looking at getting arrested and stuff like that. And that's never fun. Um, but. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And again, to go with the the idea of being anonymous, uh, they're willing to pay out in cryptocurrency, which is somewhat funny as you hear like the Department of Treasury poop on using cryptocurrency. And we don't want to see this get very far. But then the State Department's like, yeah, well, here's your Bitcoin. Uh, just give us information that we need. Um, but, you know, hey, this is reality. And that causes these types of of apparent conflicts, if you will. Uh, so now the final question in my mind is how well is this going to work? I have no idea. They, the site uh, Rewards for Justice says since the 80s, they've paid out $150 million in tips, but payout doesn't mean you got somebody, you know, you got the results you wanted. So I'm not sure what that means as to how well it'll work. Uh, I suppose it could have an uncomfortable effect on the, the individuals uh, who are performing these attacks as they're wondering whether or not their colleagues, their friends, or maybe even family members are going to out them because, you know, hey, $10 million US and Bitcoin, let's go for it. Um, so, you know, perhaps that will kind of make some communication a little more difficult and, and make them more more cautious about what they're doing. Um, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, perhaps the information turned in will be enough to, to apprehend somebody or provide some kind of diplomatic leverage against a country behind the scenes because publicly, you know, like, you know, with this, the, the, the indictment of those four individuals, China's like, ah, it wasn't us. Don't know what you're talking about. This is totally fabricated. That's what you would hear publicly from, from any country. Um, Overall, I, it's just another signal that the Biden administration is just kind of pissed off about all of this. And that's kind of how I took it. This is just another thing that they're doing to try and make life uncomfortable for these individuals and try and limit these attacks. Um, so, you know, it's just another avenue that they're pursuing. Uh, you know, what do you all think? How do you think it's going to work? What is, you know, be effective or not? I'm just kind of curious what you think. Um, the the original blog post from this came from the Port Swigger blog. You can find that in the show notes, and then you can follow that on to the links for the State Department. And if you want to fire up your Tor browser, I guess you can go check out the the Tipster site uh, from there. But uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on what you think because I'm kind of curious how that's going to go down. Cool, thanks, Jason. I was going to sing a line from a Bon Jovi song, but apparently, apparently, then we have to pay royalties to Bon Jovi. So the only songs we had available were "Oops, I Did It Again" by Britney Spears and "Itsy Bitsy Spider." So I'll, I'll just have to pass. But I, well, I, I you know, was, if you started singing the Bon Jovi tune, they might have sent you money to stop. That could be, yeah, it could be, yeah. But I was going to take my shirt off and sing Bon Jovi. Oh but, dear heavens! I'll yeah, stay, pay I'm you money telling to stop. you, it's like it's, <laughs> a, it's the new news show. It's the new naked news show. Thank you, Jason. And finally, uh, well, here we go again in the continuing billionaires in space saga. Uh, this time it's Jeff Bezos who is trying to escape the bosom of Mother Earth and touch the face of God or some such lofty sentiment that was written by the PR department. Um, when I was writing this, techs were rushing to extract the owner, uh, Jeff Bezos, 
Uh, and he owns just about everything, including the land that he landed on and probably the people that were squashed or who knows what. But they were trying to get him out of the capsule when I was writing this. Uh, so there are people flocking to it. Uh, it was just the remains of the rocket, the the single most phallic rocket ever launched in the history of, of humanity. Uh, I mean, that thing was just like Boeing, you know, kind of, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was called Blue Origin. And hey, Jeff, and congratulations. But Bezos, Branson, and others have all been rushing to see who could be the first to get into space. And they've all been getting to the edge of space. Who knows? Maybe one of them will invent warp drive. I mean, it, it could happen or maybe a better shipping system so my stuff doesn't get stolen off my desk. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for joining us today on Security Weekly News. I will be back on Friday with Security Weekly News wrap up show. 